starting. <clears throat> Welcome back, listeners and viewers, or whatever you're doing, or however you do this. You're jogging, you're walking, you're talking, and you're, you're, I don't know, petting your dog. We're the Road Contenders, and we are here for this week's episode. We're down for two for this week because our guy, Jay Crane, is out celebrating his, what he said, nine? Nine year? Nine. Ninth, ninth year wedding anniversary. Everybody knows that marriage is definitely a process. So we congratulate him on his nine years. Um, he got a babysitter for the kids, so he is out with his wife having fun with his wife. So we want him to have a great time. Um, I'm not jealous like he like I was when he went on his cruise. Now that now that was I don't, I don't know, Drake, if you saw the pictures of him on the cruise. Uh, no, I didn't see pictures. It, it, so that, that cruise was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. The food looked luscious. The fruit was like its actual colors. I did. I, I told him, I said, I hope you fall in the river. I did. I said that. I told him, I said, I hope you can't swim. <laughs> see, like, it, 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 was, it was a beautiful cruise. And he said that it was just he said it was an amazing time. But... But we are here to talk about some things. And guess, guess what this is? It is what? A couple days after official release? Yeah, set two is now live. Which has been amazing. I know people are still getting their cards. Uh, people are getting stuff from Team Covenant. I know some people are still getting their stuff uh, from Rods and CCG. I would say I don't, I don't, I don't even want to blame um, Alpha Class. I don't, I don't want to blame Rising Empire for this these delays, but I would say this has been the most delayed I've seen getting product on release day. And I'm not sure that's a good or bad thing. It's probably just a uh, unfortunate Black Friday thing. I bet they figured this might happen when they moved it up. It was supposed to be on a uh, November, early November, oh, yes, not late true. November release. So they knew better than to do that under normal circumstances, but weirdness happened, and this is the best they can do. And yeah, like, like I said, because um, a lot of our stuff either shipped out, and then we had issues where it was picked up, but USPS didn't scan it. So I had to create an entire order, like a uh, answer report, to get those. Uh, basically, have somebody can actually scan them. So they're they're moving. But it's it's just one of the things where it's it, it's been it's been hell. And then um, what I've been hearing from the distributor level is that a lot a lot of people didn't get their stuff from the distributors until like the day of, and then had to go and send it out. Yeah, I'm still missing my case, and uh, I'm kind of getting a little bit worried given that the last update I have was from was from uh, 12.4 saying that was still moving. Let me live update that real quick. Yep, still uh, in transit December 4th. You're, okay, so yours is still and going? It is not, it's not even a 4th. It's the 6th. And, and see, uh, and like, and I don't know, I, I don't know if it's something on, because your, is yours coming through uh, FedEx, UPS? Like, how, how's it coming? Uh, that's USPS. Okay, so I'm not sure. I think it's something on USPS sites because when I say every single oh, it's order, definitely their fault. Like every uh, Team Covenant sent it out when they were supposed to. It's just USPS got delayed. Because <laughs> every single order that was picked up on Monday, 
has not updated tracking at all. Wow! Like, oh, not, boy. like every single order that we've that they got one didn't. I said again, lots of didn't even get here into Saturday night. So I was missing half of people's orders Saturday night. Finally got them in, got them packaged up. Cool, set it up Monday. They came and picked it up. They came late as hell on Monday. They got they got to my place about Monday at like seven p.m. So I'm already irritated. And then come Wednesday, the tracking still has not been updated at all. And what made me so upset is the fact that my stuff, I got ordered some from Japan and it came through FedEx, who is notorious for messing up. That came on time. I literally got something from Japan from FedEx on time. That alone is enough to make the, make hell freeze over. Oh, Drake, I don't know. Did you cut out? I uh, know. I just didn't have any. I just didn't have any particular response to that. Because, <laughs> like, because it doesn't make sense. And but I, I just want everybody to better get their products. Um, so that way you can enjoy it and kind of experience what, what you know what people are experiencing. Because I know I just put up a new video today where it was clarity versus death. Um, amazing match, but the match was recorded before the errata came out. So I don't think it mattered though, because I don't think you actually played incoming support at any point. I don't, I, and that's what I couldn't remember if I did or not. I don't think I did because I said when I, I think when I built that particular deck. I don't I actually I have the deck right in front of me. I can tell you what's in it. Um, I think I only run one incoming support in the entire deck. Ah. Okay, yeah. yeah well, really, you should be running the other ones anyway. They're better. They're, I can run, okay, I have there three. There are these, but they're better. I have three copies of Restoration and then one copy of Income and Support. And I think only I did that was because I didn't have a foil, uh, like a fourth foil copy of Restoration. Oh, that's why. <laughs> like, I, think, I think that's the only reason why, because, again, I like Restoration. And, again, like, I, I think I've said it before, the saving came out. Right now, my personal favorite deck, like, for, for personal reasons, is Death, but I do think that War, Jesus Christ, is, is that, that deck is freaking ridiculous. Have you seen some of the Pestilence in action? Because that can be really, really gnarly. I, I feel like Pestilence is that deck that you need to, that I feel like you truly need to be either sideboard for or just mentally be prepared for in any kind of tournament. Because if you're not, it's, you're, you're not going to survive a match against Pestilence. You're just really not. Yeah, Pestilence is like Haven, but instead of stall, 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 I win, it's control, 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 I win. And I'll uh, say so again, like you, like you have to be prepared for that matchup. Um, I feel like the Haven matchup, it's annoying as it could be because it's a very defensive deck. If you could just outpace it, and that's why I love Death. And the card I love the most in Death is uh, again, I just got my deck in my hand. Is Death oh, two cost? Yes, Death the Dreadful. 
Like that card, we're cool. If I okay, cool, I'm going to swing. I just swing into a big body and just knock myself out. And cool, take two life, draw a card. And the fact that death, when it really gets going to portals open, you can basically bring that card back and just loop it. Like, cool, I don't care about you being defensive. I'm just going to take your life away. Defend that. Oh, you mean the spatial gateway? Yes. And I feel like that that's the biggest thing that can stop Haven. But again, if you're in a tournament and you're not running death and you haven't cyborg in those cards to make that loop work, and you're not, again, if you're not prepared for a defensive game, I, I feel like even with war and the playtesting that we did, war struggled against it because of those high defenses. I think Conquest can beat her because Conquest is a lot of big doughy boys. Yeah, and plus the, the thing that Conquest can restand a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, what's really funny is uh, Conquest the Undefeated in the context of war, and you attack with it, and then you boost it with Decimation, and then he stands up after a victory where he does breakthrough, and he attacks and he again. Does again. And also. Why we're on the topic of cards, I said again, I, I love said too, and I'm mad that everyone's not here. Have you noticed there's so many not, I'm not I don't want to say the word broken because people hear broken go, oh, it's unbalanced. No, I feel like Alpha Class is the most balanced game I've ever played. But it's so cool, because I know you mentioned before that um the legendary war can be bounced back to your hand with <laughs> um Gateway. gateway. Yes. Yeah, the gateway saves War of the Fort War of the Second Horseman. Like that it, is disgusting. Like it's like you can literally put it back. And I'm like, this is so great. So again, I'm getting I'm getting so excited. Um but so I, I wanna I wanna go through some things and again I know it's still new. A lot of people are not playing with the cards yet, but there's a couple cards that I have down I have written down that I want to talk about, get your personal opinion on. Because there are some cards, these are cards that I truly do like. And I know it's a lot of people are not playing them in their list. Um, the first one being, where is it? International Space Station. That is an interesting one, but I think it's more of a if you do not have access to somewhere in San Francisco, play International Space Station if you want to have that kind of effect. And, and like, I the reason why I play it because I, I think I play it at either three and four and some of my decks and when I'm still uh, building, I do it just because it's a zero cost class ground. That I can play to get rid of something. And I think that's the only reason why I play it is that it's a free cost. I can play it, get rid of Clash Round that I don't want out. Mm, maybe. Uh, it, it's probably going to come up as a sideboard option against Death, where Death's doors definitely, by leaps and bounds, the most powerful Clash Ground we've Yeah, I, I, and, that, uh, and that, that's, that's another one on my top that I want to get into. Because uh, I got that label under cars that I feel like will be banned in the next three to six months. And Death Door is high on that list. Yeah, I think what's going to uh, save Death Door from uh, the ban hammer is the fact that it costs four on three devotion. Which, 
and I feel like until it's a lot of acceler- like acceleration for each color, I don't. I, I think that I think that will save it for a very long time. But I feel like each color starts getting like um, energy. I mean, resource acceleration. It, it it's going to definitely go there. Now, my next card to bring up is Conquest the Domineer. Should this be in everyone's sideboard or should it be in everyone's main deck? If you care about the portal, only if you care about the portal, and if you do, you should probably be running it at at least three, if not four. I could conceivably imagine running it at three if you still care about the portal, but not, like, tremendously. Like, there are a lot of conquests that aren't too too stuffy about the portal uh, because you get good stuff either way. Moving on. Next one. like I, I think uh, I think one of the most important is running uh domineering in death because death cares about it a lot. Yeah, like I, I run um four copies and and death and war. And, and war. Yeah, hundred percent war. Like I, I love like when I was playing uh war, that's probably the next video I post up. Um I loved using Domineer to turn the portal off and then playing the four cost war to turn it back on and get the two tokens. I, I just like that ability to, like, I can control it. And I don't think you have to do it that way. I think you can just choose to not activate the portal and then make the tokens anyway. And, and, and that, that's why I was, that, that's one card I was extremely confused about on the wording. Because it says, let me, where, where, let me just let me Strike bringer. I know what you're talking about. Right, right, right. Uh, so I'm like, I'm so confused. Like, okay, do I have to activate or do I not have to activate? Because it says. Activate, it says you may activate the portal. Right, and then, then it says you may activate the portal and then summon two war minion tokens. Yep. So the portal is optional. Okay, so will I, so will I still get my, my question, will I still get the tokens if I don't activate the portal? Yes. There oh. is only one case in Alpha Clash right now where the portal must be activated and that's Casualties of War. Yeah, and it's a very strange wording to the point where I imagine there is a non-zero possibility that it could get errated. And what was it so weird? And there's another new card that came out that I thought had some weird wording, and I didn't write it down. I, I can't think of what it was right now, but it was it's a it's a white card. Um. What to do relatively? Oh, you know what? There it is. The cards that say, because somebody asked me this before, and I'm like, I, I feel like in Alpha Class, you do as much as you can. It, it doesn't, they don't really care if you don't do it. So somebody said, if you can't engage a card, you can't play the one of the Conquest card, you know, cut the, cut the four costs. that when you play it, you, uh, yeah. And I'm like, I said, no, I don't think that's how that works. I feel like you do as much as you can. I don't think that if you can't yeah. engage a card, you can't play the card. Good not- question. Uh, I actually looked this one up. Uh, apparently, uh, do you know what fail to find means? Yes. Essentially, Alpha Clash has fail to find. So you can choose to target and then go, uh, I don't see a target. And then just proceed on with other effects. So yeah, you can play that conquest, and whenever it says target, you can choose to target nothing. This also is incredibly important for the Pestilence Mayhem Maker, because it targets one clash. It doesn't say it has to be an opponent's clash, and it gives it minus one, minus one, 
on a minus one minus one body. So if it didn't, if there was no fail to find, it could potentially be forced to kill itself. Oh, and then here, and here's another one. And I, hold on, I'm gonna choke myself. I re, I was reading up on the rules because I said again when the judge program comes out, I definitely want to apply for that. Um, mm-hmm. about because there's a new ruling, not new ruling, but new um updated for the zero one cost contenders where they state, you know, when you deal damage, if I deal one damage to, like, like Haven, Haven's stats now are zero, zero. If it's non-clash damage. If, correct. Functionally, yes. It, it technically does apply to clash damage as well, but it eventually wears off after the clash is over. But so the, it's but basically the, irrelevant. But the thing I didn't see in there, and I read through it a couple times, might have missed it. There's Okay, does it, does it go to zero and stop, or does it go into negatives? It goes into zero, and then any remaining damage goes into health. Okay, and that, that's why I was uh, I wanted clarification on because uh, when we play testing, I'm like, okay, I know you go to zero and you try to ca- clash buff. You know, it's just it is not one plus one; it's zero plus whatever the clash buff says to do. And that's what I wanted, especially with these new um, contenders with that and, and how defensive these things are. I definitely want people who are going to play to kind of know, like, hey, if you are doing damage, non-clash damage, you're doing effect damage, it will stay until the end of turn. Yes. Uh, minuses also generally stay until the end of turn. I can't think of a minus that... Uh, actually, no, I can't think of a minus that doesn't wear off. That's... Uh, that one pestilence card, uh, the one that's uh, minus two minus O to uh, non harbingers, and then underground subway. That's another one that sticks around. But generally, if you'll have uh, minus effects that only uh, last until end of turn, you, usually pestilence stuff. Do you like underground subway? I'm looking to see if I can make use of it. It could be hilarious in, like, Moxie or Haven context. Like, or I, even Pestilence context. I mean, you could take a pest, you could take a Pestilence deck, slap down Underground Subways or Clash Ground, and then you need at least three uh, attack on your Clashes in order to get through. And then here's, here's another card I have on the list here. I know we briefly talked about it, but that's why I stopped the conversation because I want to talk about it on a podcast. Um, bone armor. Not really a fan. It kind of costs a lot for what it does. It could be more effective later, and it's clearly meant to synergize with uh, Death Agent of, Agent of the Dark, the one cost that keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. Possibly the Death of Relentless that all, it kind of also comes back but with a bigger body. But the point of bone armor is basically to just staple necrotic to something. But yeah. I'm not a huge fan of weapons right now. Weapons always are going to have to beat the standard question of, is this more effective than just punching the contender in the face really, really hard? And, and that's why I said... Like- I don't think most we- there are There is one weapon that I think uh, actually can... Hit that threshold, and I wonder if we're going to bring it up. Um, is it a new one? <laughs> yes. If you don't, I will. I I don't. I to be honest, 
the only weapon I've looked at this entire set has truly been bone armor, and that's it. So what? So what is the other weapon that I'm not thinking of? Convergence. Okay. Um, what color is it? White. It's uh, the big hammer. Oh, okay. I'm. I, I'm. I'm not a fan. I'm not saying it's a bad card. It's because it's not. I'm just like. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good. I think if you play it against someone, they're really not going to know what to do against it. Um, I'm just not sold on it yet. Oh, Convergence is so nuts. because it's Think of Convergence kind of like what energy absorption was relative to Torque the Uncontrollable in mm -hmm. that one. It turns something into the really powerful epic. Which, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I like, I, I guess also because it's an exclusive. Yeah, that is a thing. Like, I, I, and I get what, I, it's, it's like um, War, Warhorn. I understand fully why Warhorn is an, is an exclusive. You have one out. I don't understand why Convergence is a one out. I imagine mostly for A, flavor reasons, and B, because of its anthem effect. If Convergence is not equipped, all your conquests gain plus one, plus O during your opponent's turn. And if you're running the Conquest Contender, you already get plus one, plus O on your turn. So essentially, with Conquest, you don't even have to equip the weapon. It's always giving you that buff until you attach it, and then it goes even nuttier. So, okay, during your opponent's turn, when this card is in your accessory zone, Conquest class cards get control, get plus one. Okay, so, okay. In the turn, on a weapon that applies when the weapon is unequipped is an interesting design space, and it's a really powerful design space because now you no longer have to glue the weapon to somebody in order for it to work. So you can just keep it onto your accessory and get the buff over to all your class. Also, imagine what this does to Moxie. Because a Convergence doesn't care what it equips, I don't think. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Uh, attached clash card, uh, 1-0 breakthrough. Yeah, the only thing relevant to uh, Conquest is the fact that it buffs Conquests when it's unequipped. But if you, if you slap this thing on a Moxie, you could slap other things on a Moxie. You know what, I don't want to talk about Moxie, ever. <laughs> like... It can work, but fuck Moxie. I'll say it's the day I die. <laughs> oh, you know what? Like, okay. I, I actually did have Convergence. I, I, actually, I'm looking at it. I did, have, I did have Convergence on one of my lists. But right next to Convergence, I had Warcry Spirited. Hmm. Like, I feel like Warcry Spirited Fighter is an amazing card. And I'm so happy that Warcry finally has a good card. A good card. What are you talking that about? That's not Warcry a good. Of Hope was great. That is not great. Yes, it's about to get even better. You know why it's called no. Warcry? Because it makes Warcry. No, I, I I refuse to believe that. But I will say that Spirit of Fighter is a great card. 
for our listeners. Warcry is a three cost three three. Screw the stats. Enter the portals open. You may put an alpha or rogue class card in its risk cards of one or less from your hand to your class zone. I love things that do this. I'm definitely seeing uh, Spirited Fighter as more of a either a like a uh, like a Magnate Babies kind of card or like a Haven specific card in order to get out like Haven one cost like Resourceful Helper and uh, uh, Clever Adolescent. I want to say yes. Now, when I now if it did two cost. Can you imagine playing this, playing the Haven, Bountiful Collector, Bountiful Collector triggers? I would be in heaven. They, <laughs> that's what I did there. Haven, heaven. <laughs> Fun times. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just thought of another thing that it could bring in. Torque Uncontrollable is a legit target. It is a target. It's a one cost. It's a one-cost alpha. It's not like I say again. Now you see why I say that they printed a great war cry card because it can go. It can even bring in the one-cost pestilence. This card's amazing. Uh, no, it can only bring in alphas and oh rogues. rogues. Okay, never mind. Not harbingers. So they, they had they had nerfed my boy somehow. <clears throat> Which is why I think he's kind of a magnate card. Which which is insane. Um, even though I feel like Mag, I don't, I don't ever want to say Magnate's falling off. Cause I feel like Magnate. I, I I don't I don't I think the contender compared to what's out now as a contender, he's he's definitely kind of like the. I don't care about your two defense. No, like no one cares about the two defense no more. Like I'm about to run over you with breakthrough. <laughs> Yeah. It's interesting, though, in the context of war, but the problem is Magnate can't block enough. Even Max Babies isn't going to be able to block enough. Really? Yeah, you can get a stupid amount of war tokens on the board. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a Warhorn from a previous turn. Heck, Warhorn on the turn it's played if the portal's open. You will end the turn with two. Uh, two. Uh, two war minions. I, I think uh, one of y'all play. I had twelve uh, war minions out, and I was just setting them up. And I'm like, "Cool, let's go ahead and two for two for two for two for two." Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the dream. Um, okay, next card I had on here was eight ten warthog. That is going to depend on Moxie, and I haven't looked much into Moxie just yet. I've mostly, been, of the set one contenders, I've mostly been looking into Torque for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. Um, so I do think, uh, speaking of Torque, I do think uh, A10 Warthog can theoretically be really good because of just that tap to deal one damage to a uh, target or two to an alpha. The problem is it can't hit con uh, it can't hit contenders to my knowledge. No, uh, um, yeah, it's primary phase may engage this card do deal one damage target clash card. The clash card is alpha, deal two instead. Yeah, so it's not like flare. Flare is going to be very important in step two. Um I, I feel like um 
at first I made a joke about it in the class kit, like, oh, what he gave us a flare reprint. But after literally, I think I think we played Monday for twelve hours straight, which is every single deck we could think of. Flare is a hundred percent probably one of the most needed cards in decks to really soften up bodies or clear out boards. Um, I feel or like ding the one or ding the O ones exactly, and I, I feel like I, I truly feel like. Um, if you can make room in your sideboard for flair, it is it's very it's I feel like it's a card that you should definitely have in your sideboard. <laughs> if again if you're going up against a Haven or a Pestilence deck, Haven in particular, because that card will literally save you from getting Exodia. Yeah, also it's why you might want to be looking into things like Solar Smash, favorable outcome. And I wonder if this is on your list. Alternative strike. Alternative Strike is not on my list, and it didn't make the cut, but I do want to talk about it. Yeah, it is a very interesting card. If you can keep the portal reliably open or are up against somebody that reliably likes to have the portal open, this is great against war because the portal is usually going to be open when war ends their turn, mm-hmm. and... Uh, it might even be good against death, against like these weird bone armor builds. If death tries to play anything like that, or maybe if death tries to play handguns for some stupid reason. I, I yeah, I'm sorry, don't don't play that card. <laughs> like just, just... But yeah, alternative strike being able to take out anything that's uh, not a trap. So it's not quite as good as a magnate's plan or an H defender or better yet a magnate tyrant. But it has that ability. And if you if you were in a position where you can get both, you can really make a pestilence player's day very, very unfortunate. Right. And let's see. I, I, I find it's, it's not really a lot of blue cards that's worth talking about that we haven't talked about before. I know Raging Plasmex um, is a, a great card, but I feel like blue... Um, this time around, they, they, I'm not going to say they had bad cards. This had eh, cards. So I don't know. has selfish cards. Most of them are relying on Haven, who but has they, a very specific game plan that doesn't like playing with others. Like it, it literally, like every blue card is it's kind of really. And I'm kind of upset because even in the Clash Kid, you got some cards that kind of help out street counters, but you really didn't have anything that made. So I, I don't have any blue cards really on my list. Besides, you know, talking point about the Haven Exodia, which we talked about to death, and other episodes. Not even clever adolescent. No. Um, I, I just really—that's what I thought was interesting. I, 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 it, I had, I had Haven revoked on here at one point, um, because I, I, I thought it was, I, I, I think it's really cool. I, I think it's very cheeky. You get a full board of a bunch of Havens. It's like, oh, it's a big Haven, but. That free defense is kind of like, who cares? I'm just going to break through to this. <laughs> yeah, the idea is that by the time it attacks, you're dead. Yeah, because I'm like, if, if I'm, I'm sorry, if you're playing a Haven deck and Haven Provoked is your win con, you're not playing the deck correctly. At that point, just play something, just, just play something else. Like, grab yourself a different contender. Grab yourself a war and and run a hate a run a 
war with Blue White Haven and have a good day. Um, I do have um, shrapnel on here. Which I like shrapnel a lot. I just hate that it's truly big benefit comes from running Machnia. Yeah, I haven't looked too much at Machnia, honestly. It, it's not it's not bad. I feel like it is a deck that I truly feel like in set three will have a little bit more cards to do for it. Um it, it's a very it's very, very cheeky. I say definitely um it will benefit a lot from Haven Bountiful Collector. With being inside this deck, because you can recur them back to your hand. Um, I, it's a very slow, drawn out way. Um, I just feel like a lot of things will outpace it. With it trying to do the damage, I feel like you have to mix Torque, you have to mix Haven, you have to mix Machina cards. Like you have to mix too much into it to get to that win, that win con that you can get by just playing Torque. Yeah, Machina kind of had the misfortune of sharing a Clash kit with the new Mean Streak, and the Mean Streak had a really killer 15 ability. Yes, because, like, his 25, like, Machina's 25 ability is, again, it's cool, but again, when you look at it compared to other drawing contenders, War is the best. Hmm. War is the one most likely to get his off. I would say, though in certain matchups, Conquest is pretty reliable. Conquest is reliable. Um, death is, I, at one point when I was playing Death, I had a 20-card hand. Huh. I always thought Death was kind of the hardest to hit. Because if, you were, uh, if you're doing like a pure Death deck, then yeah, it's probably going to hit a lot. But if you're doing any kind of hybrid deck, which pretty much... All the decks that we're on now need to be some kind of hybrid because the cards just aren't good enough and we don't have enough death names for it to really make a everything in this deck is named death kind of deck. I don't think we ever will hit that, honestly. Because the deaths I'm running, I'm running um, white, black. And as I run a lot of death cards, I did take out one of them because at the plane, I'm like, this is god awful and terrible. So the deaths that I'm running are, um, the, I'm running uh, Death Relentless, Agent of Dark, um, Stalking Spectre, because, I mean, God, that card is amazing. And, but, you know, Death the Dreadful for that, that end loop. Um, I'm running Death the Endbringer. I am running the Clarity Har- uh, Harbinger of Death. And then I run the Haven Package. Yes, yeah, so you're not running uh, Death 4. No, hell no. Oh my god, no. Oh my god. That card is so terrible. Oh my god, I hate calling cards terrible, but after I'm looking at this, this card is terrible. And, I think I know what Death 4 is for, but it's not for a strategy I like. It's for bla- It's for Death War. Right, it's for Death War, and it's for I. I don't. I don't know. Like, okay, so for, for the listeners, it is trigger on attack, so it can whenever it attacks, you may say number of clash cards controlled to oblivion. If you do, this card gets plus two to end turn for each clash card sent to oblivion this way. So it can hit high, but again, you're using war in their tokens because it, it doesn't say that you have to send death cards. 
it, that's the better way to play it than try playing death. Because remember, you can send multiple cards, but off of death skill, you will only draw one. Or just send like your havens or your moxies that you're definitely using anyway. Yes. And they have two more oh, with, oh. with two more cards were sent to oblivion by this fact it gets breakthrough. Again, I I personally, if there's a way to get this card super speed and have it oh, work with is. the tokens, I, I would that that I feel like that if it's in a deck that gives it super speed with the with the uh generating tokens, this will be that that will be a threat. To anything you play. Yeah, you can't make it super speed naturally, but you can't make it super speed retroactively, at which point I think it's kind of pointless. At that point, using three cards to do a one a one uh, combo. That's that's too that's too much resource. And that's why I said I don't I put it in the deck at first because it had death in the name, but playtest the same way with bone armor, I'm like, yeah, this this can come out. Um, next card I had on here, it is the one cost, um, white Clash Ground, where is it, um... Hidden Pathway? Yes. I actually like this card, but I feel like it telegraphs way too much, and... Since it's telegraphing way too much, it's when I play a hidden pathway. What cards can counter whatever Clash Ground I play next? There's a lot of them. And I feel, even though I do like it, I like what it does. All you gotta do is find a way to either close the portal or have a card that destroys my Clash Ground as soon as I play it, because those cards do exist and they activate from hand. So then I just waste it. An entire turn, and I wait for the draw. If you chess it out, there's kind of a way to make hidden pathway kind of interesting in conquest specifically. The trick is, if you're up against somebody who runs conquest domineering, you play hidden pathway, and then you uh, uh, set up your conquest domineering for next turn, or maybe even don't have one at all. That's not kind of not the point. And what you do is next turn, the opponent's going to play a, conqu a conquest. No, wait. Uh, you have to set this up such that. See, this is why it's bad. Like, again, your theory craft is where I was like, where, where I was like, I got to do way too much to get what I want this to do. It's too much to search. It ain't Grant Park, Chicago. And I'm sorry, Grand Park Chicago gets gets a special shout out because it has so many more targets now. Grant Park Chicago, the Lynn Finder, is has now more targets. Like it has so many more targets. It even has war cries of targets. <laughs> I love it. it what had was war it? cries of target before? No, 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 the new war cry. Like, you can, you can search out the new war cry and go, cool, let me go ahead and flood a board. Yeah, you can search out the old war cry, too. Yeah, yeah, okay, but who's, stop it. I'm not, we're not making, you know what? I challenge you I, to make a war cry deck. <laughs> I just want to see it. Uh, I will, I can't make a war cry deck, but I can make war cry a win con. I, you know what? I would love, you know, I would, I would love to see that. 
Like I, I, I really, and I feel like anybody that can do it would 100% be you. But I, I just, I need to see it because I, I'm shitting on Warcry, and I should, I should leave him alone. He's not bad. It's just, I'm, I'm just, be, I'm being an asshole to Warcry. <laughs> um, next card I had on here, and it's, I think it's after two more. How do you feel about the new Kagan or Kagan? Or Kagan has someone said before and made my whole ears bleed. Yeah, I think uh, the canonical pronunciation, i.e., the one that Rising Empire goes with, is Kagan. So, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, someone said Kagan. I'm anyway, <laughs> the po- the idea is that it's essentially how you take out Veil of Convergence or Bardigan Warhorn. And that is what it responds to. And uh, specifically, I think there are some Haven things it can respond to as well, but who cares? <laughs> I mean, like, like literally. <laughs> um, so would you say it is a mainstay or sideboard? Definitely a sideboard. You bring it in if you need it, or if you need a bit of extra power. It doesn't have quite as much power as I would like for its cost, especially not when Conquest exists. But if you need a little more oomph, he's serviceable. Like, like, he, like I said, he's not he's not bad. I Again, I do believe it is a mainstay and staple. I would say, you know, two cards in your sideboard. Would you, would you agree with that number? And... The problem with Kagan, uh, uh, bl- I think Blazing Kagan or something like that, is that Magnate the Tyrant is only one more. Yeah, and, and and I'm sorry, and it also gives you flying. Oh, you know, that, that's another question um, somebody asked is me before. flying trap destruction? Uh, somebody uh, asked... Weapon destruction? Can, can it, like, somebody said, uh, is a relic considered an accessory? I said, yes, they both are yes. on there. But a card that says destroy accessory will destroy a relic. I said yes, because it's yes. an accessory. Yeah, all uh, accessories encompass relics, traps, weapons so far. I said only card that cannot be destroyed that way is Haven. Haven, um, the, the relic thing. You know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. That's yeah, the, the only backpack the safeguard. That's the only card that cannot be targeted or destroyed or bu- or bounced back to hand, right? Even though it's not a thing that's out yet, but it, it can't you cannot do that. That that is the only card that cannot be removed. And I I don't think there there's no there's no way to remove counters right now either. Yeah, but Haven's counter game is still really slow. Yeah, even with that, um, I'm sorry, I think that field spell is terrible. I uh, you can just one? um the one for Haven, like uh, Haven's hidden hidden uh, arena or something like that. Oh, that freaking thing! I thought you were talking about New Mexico. That oh. one's actually that New Mexico is interesting. New Mexico has potential. That card is, I call it. If you can't find space in your deck, that that that's just your free resource. Whenever you draw yeah, it, just, just know you have just know you have a free resource that you know you don't care anything about because you shouldn't be playing it. Like you just you just really should not play. I, I don't. I, I feel like for 
the amount of time it has to even be there for it to be beneficial, it will never get there. It's it'll cost four, where you could play something else for four that will you know advance your game state. I just I don't think it's good. Now we had a way to to cheese out the classroom without paying the four cost. Yes, I, I'll be all for it. But I don't I don't feel wasting resources on cars that you're waiting for in a where now it's okay, cool. I can there's so many cars that can get rid of a clash ground before it be, before it even gets a relic counter on there. Uh you can't actually play a clash ground on the Haven's uh pocket dimension of the turn it comes down. No, 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 it no, does no. have some degree of self protection. It's not that crap. No, I, I mean, I mean, like when it goes to your opponent's turn. No, you got to wait a turn. Yeah, but still, like I'm, I'm just not convinced on it yet. But that that's just how I feel about that one. I I feel like one of them cards that needs to literally kind of cook a little bit longer, and we'll see where it goes. The entire Haven strategy needs to cook a little longer. Um, last thing I had, last card I had on here, uh, not a big one, but I feel like it, I don't want to say it's a card, but it's more of a mechanic change. The portal. Do Do you feel like the portal really adds some fresh, new take to the game, or do you feel like it's? <laughs> I think the portal is going to cause a lot of misplays. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's I, like you're going to activate cards and go, oh, crap, a portal need to be open for that one. Uh, and once people know uh, what the portal is capable of, and like they'll see uh, a tr- they'll see a face-down trap, and you have a white and one other color uh, ready to go, what is that card? Hey, guess what? It's no longer Sharpshooter Boxy! <laughs> Uh, oh. Or Magnate's Trap. If there are other things now. <laughs> oh, because like when I was playing, I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to do my thing, blah, blah. Oh, shit. You got you got one black up, and you got a car face down. I don't know if it's a Piercing Darkness. I don't know if it's Sharpshooter Moxie. I'm like, ooh, I just can't go. Well, yeah, I'll play around that. I'm like, ooh, I don't, actually, I don't know what this is. <laughs> the answer is Change of Scenery, because Change of Scenery is actually really cool, if not for that one problem. Like, like I said, and I love that we have more traps because it's like, oh, or if somebody has one open, you don't know if they're going to uh, clash buff you or they have a trap or they have a quick in their hand. You no longer know what your opponent has. And I think that is the most amazing thing that I am like, oh, do you have a buff? Yeah. Do you have a trap? Do you have a quick? What? What? Or like, did what, you just? Did you just curve off? Or, or did you? Or, or did you? Or did you miss? Like, I, and that's the part I love that how, how set two is, where it's no longer cool. I'm gonna go ahead and do my do my thing. Blah 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 blah. Oh, I'm gonna play around sharpshooter moxie. I don't care about that. Oh, I don't have any sets from player on that. Oh, magnate trap. I'm play around that. Blah blah blah. Okay, you okay? You're tapped out zero. Cool. I'm gonna go ahead and plan for the clash buff. Whatever. It's no. It's like cool. What, why do you have energy? Or even, you know, I, I think one, only one person put this card in their deck. I'm not going to call them out. I don't think it should be in your main deck. But um, what is it, Warzone? 
What's wrong with Warzone? I don't think it's wrong with Warzone. I just think it should be in your main deck. Because you can, you can, I mean, yeah, you can, you, you can only play it if your opponent plays a Clash Ground. So if your opponent doesn't play Clash Ground, which, again, I don't know anybody who does not play Clash Grounds. I, I don't know. I, I think the restrictions... That is, that's I think, not how Warzone works. Am I, am I thinking about the right one? Because, yeah, Counterplay... Uh, Warzone's the one that statically boosts all your Harbingers by 1-0. Yeah, no, because it says Counterplay, you may only activate this effect when an opponent plays a Clash Ground, send a Clash Ground to Oblivion. This answer play to then send the clash ground to a what? What? Yeah, you follow you follow what that means, right? No. Uh, no. Am I confused? If you got Warzone out and somebody plays another clash ground, like somebody tries to play Death's Door on top of your Warzone. What you can do is you activate Warzone, send it to Oblivion, and then the Death's Door is destroyed. So I'm, I'm, I'm it's gonna make you laugh. Those clash grounds are gone. It's Did not it? that Warzone gets replaced. Warzone will destroy whatever clash ground gets played on top of it. So it's gonna make you laugh. I thought Warzone was a quick clash ground. They could only be played when your opponent played a clash crowd. <laughs> so I thought Warzone was a card that like cool, I can only play this if you play a clash ground as a quick effect clash ground. That's literally what I've been thinking about for the past month. No, it's a clash ground with a static effect. Well, we and it's very, very good. Well, we've all been wrong before. <laughs> Some more than others. Okay, well, yeah, you know, I'm wrong on that one. I'm, wrong, I'm definitely wrong on that front. Anyways, so, our last topic for tonight, we, we kind of went on that one for a while. So, it's going to be very uh, kind of quick so we can wrap up and get out of here a little bit early. We are officially, come January, starting organized play season. From next month, organized play starts off. How, how do you feel about how you feel about organized play? I would have been excited, but my cards haven't shown up yet, and I run oh, the real non <laughs> the non-zero possibility chance of my cards not showing up by the start of this season. Well, I. I, I no, come on! It's, it's, still, it's still it's still early in the month. Now, if your if your cards do not come by January, we have a whole new problem. Yeah, somebody swiped something. Like somebody somebody thought it was Lurkana and couldn't read the the AC and just said, "Yeah, I got me some Lurkana." Um, now the, I know the big one we talked about last week was going in Vegas at level. It's called I think Level Expo. Oh, that's what it's called. That's a venue. No, I'm not sure if it's a venue. I think I think that's a, an event. Like, but I'm really excited for that one. Like, I can't wait to kind of get out there and because again, we I think everyone who's been playing Alpha Clash has seen the dem the demo presentation. I am so curious to see how their tournament is going to run. And, and that, that's what I want to compete. I, I said I, I'm definitely gonna compete. Um, because I'm I keep going back and forth, like, hey, do I want to go out there and either commentate or do stuff? I'm like, no, I, I really want to play. Like, I, I really want to play. Like, if it comes down to it, if Realm asks me, hey, can you commentate? Then I will, I, I will do it. 
but I really just want to play in a big event. I don't even care about Scrub Out. I just want to be a part of Alpha Clash's the first big tournament. I, I just want to say, hey, I played in it. it it's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I really think I could uh, make some numbers in there. Oh, I've been doing just fine in my local scene, and this is like the one of the first level two events, which essentially means it's the, one of the regionals. This is what gets you invites to the higher level uh, national events. Which is... So I'm wondering uh, what kind of ranking do I need to get for that, because obviously uh, I don't think there are going to be that many of these events uh, before nationals. They haven't listed that many, just the Vegas one. Mm -hmm. So I imagine if I at least rank decently, I have a pretty good shot of getting invited to a national. Yeah, because that's why I'm like, I'm hoping like, you know, because they, they said they'll have organized player thing set up to work correctly on a website. So I know they'll have that running, and I, it might be point based. I, I hope. I, I mean, I hope it's point based, but I hope it's not like okay, hey, um, the top eight ranked players in the, in the world get to go. Yeah, because if it's point based, that really punishes people like me who can't get out every all the time. Exactly, and I still haven't gotten any kind of yes or no. Will the webcam tournaments that we're going to start back up, hopefully, can can be officially sanctioned tournaments? I feel like it allows people who can't always go to locals or people who don't have locals to still be able to compete and play and not have to, you know, travel to, you know, places to, you know, compete to try to win in top. Yeah. It's like, you know, I was mentioning how Vegas was a level two. Those yeah. events that you're describing, the locals, those are level ones. Exactly. That, that's why I'm, I'm trying to get word on, you know, can the webcam one be level ones that, that we run so that way people can get points and still get their prizing. I, I feel like, you know, me and Terran Bros, we've been kind of running it. I've been working on trying to get stuff. Prizing. And the reason why we, we, we had stopped is because I was waiting for the organized play to come out. So that way we can have official products that dedicate for tournaments. Like, hey, this is the stuff you get for tournaments. This is the same stuff you'll get if you go to locals at an LGS. And I want it to be very uniform across the board. So there's no, if you're like, oh, this person gets better prizes. Oh, this person gets better prizes. No, it's uniform. If you go to LGS, this is what you get. <clears throat> Um, you, you get your entry pack. When do you get this? Like, it's very uniform. The same thing I look at with Yu-Gi-Oh. You go to any Yu-Gi-Oh OTS play, you go in, you get your OTS pack. Winning, you get your packs. Like, it's very uniform. You know what you got. And that's what I want. Because I don't want that inner competition. Like, oh, you're giving out five packs. I'm going to give out six. I don't want that. I want it. Hey, these are the rules. Oh, you know, one pack per entry. Winners get this much. Winners get this. You know, I, I want some that's from from Rising Empire Studios saying, "Hey, these are the guidelines." And I I feel like doing that makes makes it more accessible for everybody. Yeah, and hopefully, once uh, all this official stuff is out. It's actually going to bring in a lot of people that were really excited for early tournaments and sort of fell off when they heard that, oh, these rankings don't matter. Yeah, and I, I feel like, and 
And, yeah, and that, that's what I, I said. I haven't heard that. So is that is that a big thing going on? Uh, yes, uh, because these rankings are basically just testing the system and they're all going to get wiped away anyway. I'm hearing a lot of stuff where people aren't as enthused uh, to necessarily compete in events or worse yet from the tournament organizers to properly conclude the events. I think I'm still actually registered in some tournaments that are still technically running because the event wasn't closed correctly. Is it? Is it? What am I? Because there's no, there's no incentive for them to close it. Who cares? It's all going to get shut down anyway. And and I said, I also like that they're going to go ahead and do that and kind of start it over. Um, and I kind of start, I kind of do a refresh and have things work better. I just want people to follow the organization. Like, hey, if you're doing tournaments, run it through, run it through the website. You know, yeah. run through the website. Don't use your own website. If you don't like it, you know, try using Melee. It's the worst thing you will ever experience your entire life. Trust me, this is not bad. Yeah, I heard it was kind of obnoxious for some people to use. Maybe not necessarily broken, but it certainly had some issues with it. I wasn't more privy to anything than that, but uh, some people found it tricky to use. Like It, it was tri it's tricky to set up, but I'm like, once you got it and then it starts going... I don't like that you can't go in and kind of edit. Um, like, I'm trying to think, you can't go in and like pre edit, like, how many rounds it's going to be. Like, it will automatically kind of do it. And you, yeah, you like and, I, uh, and it won't tell you how many rounds it'll be until you hit start. And when you hit start, the timer starts. So, for me, it's just kind of like that hey, you know, that lobby thing, like, hey, you know, everybody, we're going to have six rounds of Swiss, you know. I want, I want to get that introduction out. It won't tell me how many rounds it will be until I hit start turning it. And I hope the time kind of increases. Really? So, because what is it? Is it uh, 45 minutes? Uh, I play uh, the ones I see are 50, but the problem is if you're up against like a really stally drag things out deck, that game, that game one will eat half your time. And, and, and you know what? That's not the again when we're uniform about is I don't think we we don't I don't think we really have a true hey this is the time limit or hey this is the true you know I feel like a lot of people make up not make up but kind of we we played card games before so everybody kind of knows you know end of end of match rules which you know you start turn zero turn one turn two like we we know that um, also I want things about slow play. What what are the rules for sort for slow play? What are the rules for you know different like like different things like that? And I'm sorry, I don't want tabletop simulator to be an official way to play the game for tournaments. Yeah. I, I feel like tabletop simulator definitely you know when get together with your friends play test. But I feel like for running any kind of like tier one events online, it should TTS should not be allowed. Do you have any specific concerns about it? Um, kind kind of biggest things where it's I, I want the game to grow, so I want people to go out and buy product. Well, that's your concern. Like that, that, that's that's kind of the biggest thing is that you know for for the game to grow, people people got to go and buy products. If you have TTS that you're doing for official events, 
I now have no reason to ever buy products unless I go to a to you know a, a tier two event. Yes, I, I think uh, uh, Tavern Brawlers recently uh, they used to be doing massive amounts of TTS events, but then they moved over to webcam by popular demand, including by me, mostly because I had the luxury of having all my cards. But now I don't. Placed <laughs> <laughs> by my own petard. I, I know, I know. Um, one person that was in the group. Uh, he, he was very adamant about not doing webcams, but he wanted people to have like two cameras, one for your face. And I'm like, you you don't need to do all that. I, I trust everyone in this community to have fair play. Yeah, and I always uh, provide any uh, open information. I'll volunteer like hand counts, uh, graveyard contents, or anything that you should be able to feasibly know if you were playing in person. I will volunteer that when I'm playing remotely. Yes. And, and because that can actually matter for decision-making. Probably less in set two with the Clash of Us being a bit more limited, but... And, and that's why I always say, like, I, I feel like the community is very... Um, er, er, no one is really up to try to cheat someone. And the people that are, don't, no one kind of deals with them. So I, I feel like, again... You know, uh, my hero, they successfully run webcam events all the time where they have two formats where you have your webcam regional players and you have your in-person regional players. And they never really have issues. When they do, they take care of it quickly. So I, I feel like it's something that can be done. And it could, again, it can really help brought in the game because again a lot, lot, lot of local stores are not picking up alpha class yet because um, unfortunately and i'll say this i don't blame rising studio for this at all it's just that all the, both their releases coincide right with fucking lorcana so you had disney lorcana that came out right on top of their set and then make it worse that you know, set two came out at the same time as set two for Lorcana, and the next Lorcana set is coming out in February. That's why I'm happy that the next Alpha Class set is not until, what is it, March, April? Uh, unless you count the uh, draft set. Yeah, the draft set is February, and I feel like that will give Alpha Class some, some room to breathe. That could potentially be really big. That's one of the things that I'm looking very forward to because that's how you get uh, people drafting and that's how you get people investing. Now, are you going to host any draft events? I have I've not. I don't know too much about it. That's why I said I wanted to um, kind of get familiar with drafting. And and that that's that's kind of the biggest um, thing that I, I kind of want to know like about drafting and how that really works. Yeah, there's some general rules. Some can uh, vary depending on the kind of format or uh, like different kinds of packs or something. It's like Wizards has like 20 different booster packs or whatever, and each one has different draft rules. Like some of their double masters is like pick the top two. But generally the idea is that everybody starts, there's like two kinds of drafts. Either you start with six packs and they're sealed, or you start with three packs and then you open the pack uh, take one card, pass it, and then take 
pack from the next person, take one card, pass it, etc., until it runs out of stuff. Okay. And for Alpha Clash, though, I think it would be better to do it at five packs because the the second way to draft is uh, <laughs> Magic likes to do these uh, pack things where you get six booster packs inside a sealed box, crack it open, open all those six packs, see what you can make out of that. And the Alpha Clash version of that is 10 booster packs. So if you're doing the ratios like that, 6 to 10, then you'd think 3 for the draft is out 5 Alpha Clash packs. Now, I'm not sure how Alpha Clash would draft, but I think they would be well advised to move towards Magic System, where essentially the way the draft works is that you have two of each color in common, and then you have three uncommons, and then one rare and possibly some kind of foil or a token or something of that nature. And uh, you essentially do the whole take one, pass it, take one, pass it, etc., etc. And uh, that would mean that if you crack a pack, you know you're going to see two of every uh, color in common. So you're not going to just going to crack a pack and see, oh, this didn't have the color I want, crack. Oh, this didn't have the color I want, crack, etc. Like the loose leaves there. Where's the loose leaves? Which I, I, I said, I agree with that. Again, like they, I said, they haven't really... Gave any details about that, and I'm I'm excited to see what what it's going to be. Um, and that's 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 where my curiosity is kind of coming in. Like I, I want to know what the rules are going to be. I know they said they're going to re they will reprint um some of the cards from this at set one, and then some from set two, right? Yeah. My curiosity is like, what are you, what are you going to reprint? <laughs> because I, I don't know. Unless they, cause I know they're going to reprint stuff in different rarities, but you know, I'm 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 very curious about that. And also, another thing that kind of piqued my interest is they said they're, oh, I think, what, 2025. They said a new TCG. 2020, a new TCG? That's, I, I, I want to say that. I hope it was a typo, because I'm like... Uh, that sounds like it's the board game you're talking about. No, no they, have, they, have board, they have board game on there, and then on the map, it says something about a brand a new TCG as well. And I'm like... Maybe that's just another property under Rising Empire. I, I mean... I hope not, because that sounds expensive for my wallet. Because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. Like I'm 100 gonna buy it, and apparently I also heard this. Um, this is just people just chattering, so you know, take this with a super grain of salt. That some people are getting notifications for the kick uh, for the Kickstarter. I said that doesn't even make any sense because they would have made an announcement about it. Which Kickstarter? Uh, the novel. About their stuff being shipped. I'm like, are you sure you're not talking about the 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 novel, like the digital download for it? Because you know that's the thing. But no, like it's still being processed. Or or, or no, no, it was somebody has showed up to Jersey. 
And they thought they were shipping out Kickstarter stuff. No. <laughs> like I'm like, not that far. I think they just showed that the jerseys are done. That's what they look like. That that doesn't mean they're that they're shipping anything. That just means that hey, these are jerseys. That's not confirmation. Like you're not breaking the damn news. <laughs> yeah, the last date they put in here is November seventh, and then digital downloads came out. Um. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, there's nothing. Um, and then the community tab. You for a first Alpha Clash. Oh, you can still hey, you can still buy stuff. Look at that. I'm actually gonna probably pick up some more of the soft cut, like the soft cover books to kind of give to people. You can still get stuff, huh? Okay, it looks like you can only get the books. Oh. We can get the books in the slab stands. So you still get that. Um, you can get the, the graphic novel as a digital now. And then the book. Um, yeah, I'm going to order some more books. I, I want to give those out to different people that I know to kind of get them to read it. Yeah, me too. Because uh, somebody, like, my brother asked me, hey, let me borrow your, your copy. I said, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, not even going to, like, absolutely not. Like, you're not getting a first draft version of this book. I said, no. <laughs> like, yeah, as soon as, like, some finalized ones come out, I'm going to sell them to some uh, guys in my writer's group that I always used to be in and kind of still am. I said, I'm, like, I, like, I was telling uh, Ridge, um, my dad, he owned a comic book store in, in California, and he, he used to draw and write for Imagine in D.C., so he is a comic book guy through and through. Like, he literally hates everything. And he enjoys Alpha Clash. Like, he truly enjoys it. Uh, you know, of course, he has some of his, you know, comments to say, you know, like any, I would say any old man does. But he said, in all in he really did enjoy it. Because he says the biggest thing about a lot of people who try to create anything superhero related, they build a world that's not believable, even to the people who are in that world. And he said, you know, this story is like with how things are explained. He said, you know, it's believable for this world, which makes you able to read it and lose yourself into it because now you're you're truly at, in a different place. Like, like to this day, one of his favorite books are you know Chronicles of Narnia. Like he loves he loves Chronicles of Narnia, which is super shocking to me in every form, because he he hates the Hobbit, but loves Chronicles of Narnia <laughs> because he said that the I'm world. Trying to see a through line. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm always almost like I don't understand what you're saying, but okay. But he said like the way the world how the world building is. It truly draws you in where it's like you're in a different place and it's believable because the rules they make up make sense for the world they built. And he'll say that, you know, the Hobbit really doesn't make sense even for their own world. I'm like, oh, no, it kind of does. He said, no, it doesn't. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he'll, he'll go on to his, his hour-long tangent about why it doesn't make sense. And I tuned out in 20 minutes. 
Yeah, when you're getting all these proper nouns, half which end in L or R. And I'm just like, that's that's cool, Dad. Like, I'm sorry. Like he's like he's the only person in the whole wide world who I know that hates the Christopher Nolan Batman's. <laughs> that he tr- like he truly hates all those movies, and but love the Robert Pattinson one. Hmm. Which, when we debated about it, I did agree with him. I said, "Okay, I I, I did say that the Robert Pattinson Batman is better than the Dark Knight." Because he told me, "If you take out the Joker out of the Dark Knight, is it a good movie?" I said, "No." He said, "Exactly." <laughs> he said, "Take the Joker out the entire movie." And just watch the movie and just skip past all the Joker parts. He said, I, t- I guarantee you say it's a terrible movie. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and he was right. But we're we're rambling now. We're we're gonna go ahead and end this episode of the podcast. So again, if you're liking what you're hearing, um, go ahead and download this to your streaming platforms, keep it in your pocket, watch it on YouTube, whatever you want to do. But this has been the Road Contenders. Drake, any closing statements? Uh, that I really want to get to talking about the book, but I still have to keep tight lift about it. I, I'm saying we're we're, we're going to give that one more week. Come on, Jay Crane. <laughs> yeah, we're I'm, we're giving it one more week. Like that, that we're, we're, it's one more week, and next week's episode is going to be a spoiler discussion about the book. Ooh. Like, right, we can't hold off anymore. Like that next week is going to be the whole episode is going to be a spoiler discussion about the book. Like, I'm sorry, because <laughs> I mean at this point. If you're playing with the new card, the Clash Ground, you are you already been been, been been spoiled, except for one moment. That's and, maybe two. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, no, it is. Hundred percent is two. And I can say this: the first draft of the book made me go, "This is stupid." The second draft made me go, "Okay, okay." It's still dumb, but okay. And I've never known a first draft of the book, or at least uh, not the draft that you're talking about. So the first draft is that that's the one I got to preview. Um, so when the moment happens was in the book when a certain character got blitzed on, um, our main character, Moxie, was the most emotionless, stool ridden person I've ever seen in my life. Like had no emotion. Like it was literally, oh. You completed your mission. Good job. Like it was, it was, it was like, yeah, you're boring. Like, I, I don't like you as a character. You're, you're really boring. And the final version, you got that emotion, and when you read it, you felt it. From when somebody was pulled from the pool, you know what I'm talking about, and when a person, you know, their light flickered out. That emotion that you got in the book and that part that was not present in the original draft. But more about that next week. More about that next week. But again, we'll see everyone next week. Drake, you take care. Have a great night. And all you listeners, see you next Wednesday or Thursday. Whenever it comes out. Damn it. <laughs>